They're all saving one, or most of them, most of the Hampshire fielders are saving one. Somerset need one run. It's Edwards to Hildreth. He's there and bowls Hildreth, and he gets the run away through the onside, and Somerset have won. They've won the Royal London One Day Cup. Hello there, you're listening to Always Look on the Bright Side of Life. This is the Somerset Cricket Podcast. My name's Ian Shepherd. Joining me this evening, I've got uh, President of Somerset County Cricket Club, who is currently, what, two weeks into his three-week tour of all the cricket grounds in the south of England on his uh, annual uh, holiday, uh, Sir Peter Wanless, the voice of cricket on uh, BBC Radio Somerset, Anthony Gibson, and making a Always Look on the Bright Side of Life uh, debut. It's former Somerset captain, current captain of Western Storm, uh, live stream commentator. Welcome to Sophie Luff. So, how are you going? How's the thumb? Yeah, all good, thank you. Uh, it's certainly on the mend. It's it's still not ideal, but I'm back on the park and that's the main thing. Uh, good stuff. Uh, good win for you guys up at Bristol yesterday. Uh, was it a seven-wicket win? Uh, another red inker for yourself. Uh, things seem to be going all right. You've got a slim chance of qualification for the semi-finals. I think you need a mammoth win over the blaze to get your net run rate up and get that bonus point. Um they won six out of six, I think, so that's got to be pretty tricky, but never say die. Yeah, we're, we're still in it. Um, obviously, yeah, like you say, it's going to be a tough ask, but um, yeah, we've had a good couple of wins the last week or so. We won at Northampton last Wednesday and then yesterday at Bristol. And yeah, the girls are, are playing pretty well, but yeah, it's a tough opposition in the blaze. They've rebranded this year. Uh, they've got a new home at Trent Bridge and everything seems to be going their way. But yeah, we'll, we'll be looking to try and um, get a bonus point win. We, we have to win with a bonus point to, you know, even get close to qualifying. Um, and then we need other results to go our way as well. But yeah, fingers crossed we'll be doing all we can. Great stuff. Yeah, The Blaze. It sounds like a sort of a regional commercial radio station. You know. Now on 107.7, it's The Blaze. Maybe you could use that as a bit sledge. That's going down as my worst joke of the, of the night so far. Um, did you catch the, uh, the Essex game yesterday after after yours finished? It was a pretty uh, pretty good, decent performance from Somerset, well, at least with the ball. Yeah, I uh, well, I saw the score at halfway, so I was thinking, oh, I'm not sure we've got enough with the 150 on the board. And yeah, then I was busy doing other things. We did a signing session uh, with the Gloucester guys up at Bristol. So yeah, um, yeah, caught the score, and I, I couldn't believe it when we bowled them out. But they say winning, winning's a habit, and Somerset are certainly on that streak at the minute. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, yeah, six out of six. If you've been living under a rock for the uh, the past couple of weeks, um, Pete, you were at uh, Kent in the in the mizzle and and uh, no fog this time just a uh, mizzle canterbury seems to be uh, cursed with bad weather when we get down there and that was sort of an on-off duckworth lewis job what did you make of that one yeah i mean when you look at back at the scorecards it's quite similar to to sunday we scored 150 ish looked like we were 20 or 30 short um and then put in a tremendous uh, team performance in terms of bowling and fielding and and and, and turned it round um, really effectively um, it was a bit more complicated uh, Ken in that we kept coming on and off I mean the umpires were doing their best to ruin the game it was quite frustrating it, it was never really raining there was all this kind of moisture in the air and it was almost kind of swirling around and once they'd taken the players off once um, I suppose they felt obliged to do it again and again. But as soon as they came off, actually, the weather was better than um, 
the moment they take them off. So there was definitely a case, I think, for just playing all the way through. And I had got to the point um, when there were sort of four overs to go, thinking this is a bit of a, a travesty. And actually, whichever side um, loses in these circumstances is going to be very unlucky. Having said that, we just kept taking wickets. And, and we were, although I'm not exactly an unbiased commentator on all of this, um, much the stronger team, I think. And the, and the people from Kent that I was watching it with had, you know, no complaints. And I think they were hugely impressed, actually, with, uh, um, with our, both our batting and our bowling performance, actually. You see, I, I thought the opposite. <laughs> I thought mm -hmm. they, they, they should have stopped it earlier because the outfield was so slippery that, you know, one of the Somerset fielders could have got quite badly injured. It, it was so slippery, and, that, and actually, that makes the the fact that we managed to defend that score even better because the ball was like a bar of soap. The outfield was a skating skating rink, uh, and to you know to to stop Kent from getting those runs was a was a I think it was an even better performance than yesterday. Yesterday was re was remarkable, but I thought on, on Tuesday they really showed some fight and some guts and they really stuck in there. And the other thing about it, they never complained either. Uh, I, I complained a bit on air about the fact that no. we were under circumstances that I didn't think were, were fit for cricket. But but um, uh, Shane Berger, who I spoke to afterwards, said that the, the players themselves never complained. All they wanted to do was get out there and play cricket. And I think that was greatly to their credit. I suppose I, I was definitely coming at it from the sort of spectator point of view that you come all that way, you want to see a game of cricket. And I, I do, I, I appreciate what you said, Anthony, and there was a, and I suppose there was a moment, yeah, when one of our players slid across the, the boundary and just failed to stop a four. And it, and it, it, it was difficult um, yeah. for sure. But um, in the end, great, great for the spectators to see a, game and, and for all those Kent supporters to see what a fantastic team we are they deserve to see us win again thereafter all those many years of suffering I've had uh, you know where we didn't seem ever to be able to win at Canterbury so well I paid my six pounds so I wanted to see a result as well <laughs> oh how was it on the live stream oh I had uh, after about 10 overs I had to switch over and sync up with uh, with Gibbo in the BBC uh, I mean, people complain about our live stream being biased, and I don't, I don't really hear it myself. But then I suppose it wouldn't. <laughs> but yeah, oh god, it was, it was awful. So uh, yeah, well, uh, coincidentally enough, um, I, you know, I thought a, a few Somerset fans might want to tune into a teams meeting that I was hosting on the uh, uh, at the exact time that the Kent game was being live streamed for a charge. So uh, you know, read into that what you will. Although it did break the uh, about an hour before that. Um, some guys have been sent to prison for 30 years for making 7 million quid out of a live stream in the Premier League football but that's I don't know why I'm mentioning that it's not relevant there was a lot of love for Matt Henry uh, down in Kent they would have loved to have had him back so we a, want our Henry back there overseas player Saturday, yeah okay. yeah that was all good and then so what did we do then we went to uh, Middlesex uh at Taunton, that was Friday night. So what do we do there? It's it's difficult keeping track of all these games. Uh, Boldham out for 136. Uh, ben Green with a with another forfer, uh, and then knocked them off uh, with nine wickets left in the shed. So if you're on comms for that one, uh, 
again, just another dominant performance. It's getting boring talking about them, really. Yeah, you say it's getting boring, but I don't get bored of watching them when they're playing the way that they are. Um, yeah, Middlesex look, looked weak and probably looked like they they should be at the bottom of the table, to be honest. Um, Somerset just looked so well drilled. I think I said it numerous times on the stream while I was commentating, but they just look really well drilled, especially in the bowling department. They've got every base covered to be honest and yeah it's great to see Ben Green stepping up again he had a fantastic season last year and just seems to have a knack of taking wickets and yeah when you've got the overseas superstars of Henry and Siddle in your side Overton I mean every bowler that Gregory turns to is yeah is, is world class to be honest so yeah they've got that covered and then with the bat it just seems to be go out there and have some fun and um make the most of it and Cola Cadmore certainly enjoying his time at Taunton so far yeah perfect replacement for Riley Rousseau hey Gibbo so I'm, yeah, never, I'm not going to let that tweet lie till the, till the day I die I'm still going to be reminding you well, about that tweet <laughs> I, I said to Mark Davis yesterday the difference is uh, that Rousseau is a slogger who comes off you know, every so often. And he came off more for Somerset last season than he usually does. If you look at his record in playing T20 cricket, uh, there's more to Tom Kohler can more than that. He, he's, a, he's a stroke maker. He's got power, but he, he can play really lovely shots, particularly down the ground. He's not a slogger in the same way as Rousseau was. Is. It's... I wasn't there on Friday night. I was at the British Cider Championships, and I'm drinking what is officially the best cider in Britain. The supreme champion comes from Herefordshire. I'm oh, sorry I thought you were going to say it came from your back garden then for a minute, Gabo. <laughs> no, it's from, it's from Pip's Cider at uh, near Hereford, and it is absolutely delicious. It's the best cider I think I have ever drunk. Pip's and, uh, Cider you in can Hereford. Get it, you can get it, get it on, their, um, on their website through their website and I can't recommend it highly enough absolutely lovely so that was some consolation <laughs> for not being able to see Somerset on on Friday night and as I was coming back I listened to uh, Mark Davis and Kevin Hand doing the commentary on, on the BBC sport website and they were very good too is it going to explode if I buy a bottle Gibbo no 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 it is it is sparkling but not not fiercely so it's it's really lovely stuff I mean you can see the color of it it's just Absolutely perfect. Is it as nice as Thatcher's rascal? Sorry. <laughs> I'm afraid. I exasperate you weakly with my side of Philistinery. Uh, for those new listeners to the podcast who uh, didn't understand that reference about the exploding cider, uh, on Anthony's recommendation, oh, God, it's got to be a couple of years ago now. What was it? Bol Haze, I think it was. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah my wife yeah. picked me up a bottle, 15 quid it was, uh, and it had like a champagne <laughs> sort of cork arrangement. I opened it live on the podcast and it bloody exploded. I can still see the stain. On the roof of the Roloff Van der Merwe Pavilion. I'll retweet that because I, I think Steve was doing videos of the uh, pods at that time. So we uh, managed to capture that one for posterity. Um, yeah, I was disappointed not to see you Friday night, Gib. I wanted to come and have a chat about your bus shelter. How's how's that? Uh... <laughs> well, apart from the fact there's there's nothing to protect it from the weather. So if the wind's from the north. <laughs> We're just going to get all us and all the equipment's going to get completely soaked. It's uh, it's like a sort of like a I don't know. I'm trying, I was like trying to describe it. Shed Friday night. I could... one, it's a garden shed with one wall missing. If you yeah. see what I mean? See, I thought <laughs> but this it's, is... at least there's nothing wrong with the position. We got a fantastic view from there, so Sam, I'm I'm not complaining too much. Sam Sam asked me on the 
comms on Friday where the presidential suite was, which made me realise that uh, that's another thing which is lacking at the uh, <laughs> at, at the ground. Um, maybe your former cabin should be turned into some sort of um, you're well, place you're where I can entertain it. other presidents. <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> no, no, no. We're setting fire to it and uh, sending it off on a Viking burial down the tone. Uh, yeah, I, w- I was thinking it was kind of sort of some sort of merchandising thing where you could get your own Anthony Gibson commentary booth for just thirty nine ninety nine from the range. But uh, I won't give him ideas. I'll have him the, I won't give him ideas. I'll have him in the club shop next week. Uh, right. So I, I, I was going to do some statistical analysis, but I know Dan. Um, so it's kind of more of a, a gut feel about why we've been successful and and just looking at the bowling lineup we've got now Overton Davy, Siddle, Gregory, Van der Merwe, Henry and Green when you've got what's that six out of seven international bowlers plus you've got a vastly improved golden arm in Ben Green that is a serious serious bowling lineup that has been doing some serious serious work there's a little bit of a pattern most games someone's had an off day but the other the other five six have, have just picked up the slack and it's it's just been utterly phenomenal to watch yeah don't, don't underestimate the contribution that lewis gregory has made to our success um this season i think he's captain the side brilliantly yeah and i was really really pleased to see him take the responsibility on his shoulders to bowl the last over on tuesday night with that wet ball you know, with Kent still in with a good chance of winning, and then the last over again last night. I think mm-hmm. that was, you know, really good captaincy, and I think he's he's handled his bowlers really well, and and uh, I think he deserves a lot of credit for the way Somerset have, have have played this season. If you're looking, you know, for one, that's only one point of difference, but that is a big point of difference. I think Gregory's captaincy. Yeah, so I mean, obviously you've captained probably more 2020 games than you you have had uh, put my teeth in 2020 games than you've had at dinners what's what's impressed you most about Louis G's captaincy this year um well let's be honest he's got so many bowling stocks to to turn to but I think sometimes that can cause you a bit of trouble as well having so many good options to go to and it's who who do you go to at the right time and I think he's he's done that brilliantly as well um I think the way that he's used Ben Green as well and I think Green's evolving as a, a brilliant white ball player now. Like I said earlier, had a brilliant season last year in the T20 campaign. And that's what I think Lewis does brilliantly is he, he uses Green to his to, to get the best out of him, basically. Um, like you said, like T20, like one, one bowler's maybe had a day off in each game, which, you know, that happens because, you know, teams are allowed to bat well and get after someone. But I think that's where the bowling success has come from is that the majority of the time we've had three, four bowlers that have all come off and, and done a very good job. And and that makes a very, very hard attack because batters will be thinking, you know, who do we go after? How do we go after them? I mean, the way that Overton set the tone in a few of the games, I know he had a little bit of an off day yesterday by the looks of his figures and stuff. I, I didn't actually see it, but the way that he's started with the ball and the way that Gregory has actually gone, you know what? bowl your four we'll, we'll we'll just you know um get right on top of the opposition I, I think that's that's brave captaincy as well knowing that you've got so many more options to come down the line you've got green at the back end if you need him and that's where you can use overton up top straight away yeah yeah i mean in my limited 
club cricket captaincy experience, there's nothing worse than looking around the field for a bowling option and you haven't got one. But looking around the field and seeing international, international, international must be, it's a, such a lovely problem to have. I mean, yeah, Craig, I think Craig yesterday bowled his first two all right and then Pep, I think he bowled one, probably one too many, which is a, you know, it's a minor, minor little blemish on the tiniest of criticisms I'll do it and then you can't really say oh bowling Craig Overson for a third over when it's worked so well in the past is even you know the wrong thing to do but I mean yeah absolutely you know spot on almost perfect captaincy yesterday defending that 150 um, I mean uh, the way got... he bowls the way he bowls Craig maybe something to do with tendonitis though in, that, that Craig is suffering from which probably stiffens up as as the game goes on so I think it's it's a really good move to, to bowl him up up top, either three or the full four. I think it's you know very sensible. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And Matt Henry got hit all over the place at Hove. You know that was it didn't quite come off for him there. This does happen from time to time, doesn't it? So, uh, but as you say, the depth that we have in the and uh, in, in the quality of the bowling is is quite something. I mean, I, I suppose Essex are the strongest. Feel like the strongest team we've played so far and Sam's and Harmer bowled really well and we played them pretty well didn't we but then milk plenty off the other so so there is a the, the there's a difference in the depth of the uh, of the bowling that we've got I mean we talked last week about the extent to which there's variety uh, in the attack but the the depth seems yeah really impressive relative to anyone else we've played so far yeah sorry I forgot what I was going to say then my phone buzzed um, yeah I mean Henry's had a bit of a he's he's had a bit of an off season a bit similar to Marchant Delanger last year he's uh, 2 for 32 against Hampshire off his 4 then four, 3 for 50 off 4 against um, Sussex away 2 for 29 uh, 2 overs for 29 against Glamorgan and then uh one for nine against Kent away and three for 17 against Essex at home. Uh, he was rested for the Middlesex game. So, you know, like we said before, you can have an off day, but if you're a quality performer, you will, you know, more often than not, you'll be uh, returning some decent figures. One thing I noticed as well uh, on the ground, on the new scoreboard, uh, it might be on the old one as well, but it, it's a bit difficult to find, is they had the Duckworth-Lewis pass score up on there. Um, yeah. And Essex were... They never got away from it. They were always just there or thereabouts. And I think, you know, that's a pretty good gauge as to how the run chase is going. And I don't think they were ever more than three or four runs ahead or three or four runs behind yeah. of it. So if you're looking at that in the field, I don't know if, if that's kind of a barometer for you, Soph, when, you, when you're sort of captain in second, look, you know, working out how, how far away the opposition are from that uh, DLS pass score. And it wasn't until sort of right at the end when they kind of, uh, they kind of just fell away from it. So obviously we picked up those, uh, those last few wickets. Uh, sorry, so if I asked you a question, I didn't let you answer them. <laughs> yeah, no, that it's always a good indication if you do have that up on the on the scoreboard. No idea how it's worked out or anything, but yeah, you do get a good gauge as a as a skipper right about how things are going. Um, and and yeah, like you say, you just roughly know where you are in the game, and I I think that's that's good from like both perspectives, really. You know, Essex were probably looking at that as as much as Lewis was with Somerset. All to do with resources. It's a shame Dan's not here because we could have all gone off and had a cup of tea while Dan uh, just uh, explained that with Lewis Stern to us all. Um, 
There was a montage on Twitter of uh, of all the what was it fourteen fifteen wickets that Ben Green's taken this year. People, they are taking some liberties with him. I think he's had one bold, and then all the others are, are batters trying to smash him into the <laughs> smash him over the ropes, miscuing it, and uh, and ending up getting caught. There's been some fantastic catches taken off his bowling, but I guess you know it. It's because they're t- they're taking liberties. They're not realising how skillful he is, and you know that that slot ball has just maybe had a little bit taken off it or a little bit more put on it. Uh, batters are playing a false shot to it, and uh, they're paying the price. Well, what he said himself was, "I just lob it up, and then they hit it in the air." <laughs> <laughs> it's it's both an S. <laughs> I wish if only it was that simple. And I, well, I think it is. You know, I spoke. I, you know, I interviewed him at closer closer play yesterday, and he, he's very self-deprecating. You know, and I asked him if he was doing anything different. He said, "No, not really. <laughs> Just you know, he, he's got the variations. I think he's it's 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 the Yorkers and the low full tosses that have uh, that have made him a, a better bowler, and the changes of pace." He just seems to have a lot more subtlety about him this this season than last. He's, he's he's matured. He's become a very very good cricketer. The only downside is, who's going to captain the uh, the side in the Royal London or in the fifty over competition? Yeah, it's I'm not the Royal sure London anymore. It's the always look at the bright side of life one day cup. We're sponsoring it this year. Uh, the organisers <laughs> don't know it yet, but we are. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to be snapped up for the hundred. Isn't oh, he? he's odds on. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely odds on to be uh, snapped up for somebody. Which is a shame because, oh yeah, I mean if you look at our T Twenty side now, obviously Henry and Siddle, well their contracts expire at the end of July anyway, so they wouldn't wouldn't be uh, wouldn't be missed by us even if they did go and play for the hundred. Well, Banter will be in it, Smead will be in it, TKC will be in it, Abel will be in it, Lamabu will be in it, Gregory will be in it, uh, Seven Green probably will be in it, Roloff will be in it, Robertson will be probably Craigo. Uh, Probably Josh Davy might be the only one that we managed to retain <laughs> from our first choice white ball side. He, he did actually captain the white ball side back in 2021. I think everybody captained Not it that the year. Not great of success. We yeah. had about nine captains that that year. Yeah, I know. He, I, I remember him captaining us at, at North Hans. And uh, it wasn't a great success. So I'm not sure that um, he's the answer. I don't know who he is, though. Steve Davis, probably. Well, he might go in the 100 as well. Well, I doubt it. If he can't, he'll have no pedigree playing for us this year because it doesn't look like he's going to get... Uh, well, he did He get... did well in the in the blast last season. James Rue had that extraordinary innings, didn't he, for the seconds? Um, yeah. he's, uh, oh, uh, he we we're, we're not even managing to hide him away oh, um, in this format. Yeah, and then Sean Dixon came in and top scored uh, yesterday. Which you know, if you if you said to me that Sean Dixon is going to top score in one of the first six blast games after uh, after the start he had in the championship, you'd have got long odds. But credit to the guy; he's uh, he's been scoring a lot of runs for the for the seconds, batting sort of four or five. Um, yeah, it's not really his natural environment, though, is it? T Twenty. He's he's much more a red ball cricketer. Sure. He didn't he didn't look too bad yesterday. Oh, he was. I don't know. He was. Yeah. There are a couple where he hit them a bit higher than longer. He was. Um, he was hitting us. I, I was pleased for him. You know. Yeah. So was I. Yeah. So was I. 
Yeah, I think we definitely all want him to do well. And with uh, the championship... The only problem we've got, you haven't mentioned it yet, the only problem we've got in the blast side is Will Smead, who's hardly got a run so far. Should we keep him in the side? Well... Sean Dixon come in and... You know, well, Lamanby had a... Or, or get 30, Bill Spread, 34 or George off, uh, got 34 of 23 um, standing in his opener Lamanby for... batted very well at Canterbury as well as Peter will attest yeah. yeah played a few lovely straight drives down the ground was using his feet giving himself room yesterday and uh, yeah hit a few over the ropes uh, yeah Will Smead stats so far this year 70 runs in 6 innings uh, best of 28 that was against Glamorgan uh, strike rate of 118.64 averaging 11.67 well what are we going to do then well <laughs> before yesterday I would have been really sort of anti tinkering with the batting lineup and we'd got into sort of rhythm of everyone knowing their role and the part they play in the team uh, and all of that and I would have said don't change your winning uh, uh, lineup uh, or rhythm to the way in which we are playing and then Lamb and Ian Dixon come and uh, <laughs> do do really well um, showing how adaptable we are I mean I, I, I think he's got to come good um, and uh, we should we should stick with him uh, and that uh, it almost the fact that his average is so low at the moment means he's due a big score so it'll be the next game or the or the one after so I, I'm, I'm voting to keep him in his role I mean I suppose I mean you know this is captain so if it depends what kind of role he's been given obviously his role is to go out there and score as many runs as he can but if he's kind of given a license to say Right, Will Smead, we just want you to go out there and smash it. And we want you to try and score at 15 and over as much as you can. And if you get out, it doesn't matter because that's the role that we've given you. Then you've kind of got to stick with him, haven't you? Yeah, I agree. But I don't actually know whether I'm seeing that from Smead. Um, I think mm. he's right. almost playing within himself. And I mean, mm. you know, as a player myself, I think when you are searching for a score, I think that. That does tend to happen. Um, I, I would stick with him at the minute. You know, we're six from six. I, I wouldn't be changing too much um, if we don't have to. And I, I hope Peter, Peter's right that in the next couple of games, he, he is due a score. Um, yeah, you know, the odds are in his favour, surely. Um, but yeah, I think, I think I'd rather see him fail in the way that we know Smead can play. And I think we probably just haven't seen him fail mm. in that way. And, and that's probably where that we are probably questioning him at the top. Um, but great that you know Lammers went up top yesterday and got a score and Dixon's coming in I mean that's great signs as well because when you do have to make changes if you do have to make changes due to injury or, or whatever else it is to have guys that are, are ready and raring to go that's a great place to be as well yeah I missed his dismissal yesterday because T20 crowds do not realize that you have to wait until the end of the over to get up to go to the toilet so it was literally a bloke like right in front of me and then all of a sudden I see uh See, he's caught on the boundary, so I had to jump on the live stream just to rewind right, that. Chipped, uh, it just chipped it to deep square leg, like giving fielding practice. I agree with Sophie. I, I, you know, he just it isn't that he's he's getting out playing uh, wild shots or anything like that. He's just not in form. And I also think that the opposition have worked him out pretty well. You know, he's very bottom-handed. He's very onside. He hangs back. It hangs back in the crease. Um, 
And uh, well, I, I also agree though with Peter that I think I would I wouldn't drop him at this stage. I think you know he, he's been getting better slowly, and you know there may be a big score in him in the next couple of couple of games. Ideally, up at Bristol on Friday night, or maybe both, uh, including at Hampshire on uh, on Wednesday night. That's a difficult game, that isn't it? Yeah, you wouldn't. Have we don't that get up. James Vince out pretty quickly. Well, we got him out pretty quickly a couple of weeks ago. I mean, I, I think with with Smeed, that was on a Taunton wicket, not on a GS Bowl wicket. Oh, that's true. Yeah, but you know, six from six, and we're still looking for reasons why Somerset are going to lose on Wednesday. Oh, the eternal pessimistic nature of the Somerset fan. No, I'm not. I'm not pessimistic. I think I'm just realistic. You know, Hampshire are a blooming good side, and James Vince is carrying all before him at the moment. It's in the form of his life. And if we don't get him out pretty quickly, he's going to score a lot of runs very quickly. And that's going to make life very difficult for us down at the Aegeus Bowl on that pitch. Yeah, well, I suppose that's the job of the bowlers to keep him quiet like they did uh, a couple of weeks ago at Taunton. I mean, just just going back to Will Smead, I, I, I do think he's heaped a lot of pressure on himself by making this decision to sign this white ball contract so early in his career. Because now all the focus is on him, and you know we've got the, the some doom mongers and says, "Oh, you've got to be playing all this cricket." That's potentially, is my opinion as well. I think at twenty-one, you should just be trying to play as much as you can. I just wonder maybe if if they just kind of done it under the, you know, just under the radar, just said, "Look, I'm, we're not going to announce it, but will you just, you know, we just won't play you in the second team." Just maybe it would have taken a, a bit of pressure off of this all the media focus and and support a focus on. Uh, on the white ball uh, only contract deal I don't know maybe hindsight is a is a wonderful thing I was going to say something else and I totally forgot what I was going to say I'm sure it's very deep and meaningful oh it probably wasn't no I'm sure it'll come back to me um yeah, so I think with broad agreement then. I mean, I definitely I'd keep him in the side. I agree with you guys. I think he's he's going to come good. He will, at, you know, he will at some stage. Um, so yeah, same teams for. Oh no, because uh, oh no, we think uh, Banton will probably be back. Banton's back. Yeah. Yeah, my little girl was getting a cap signed uh, yesterday, and I uh, uh, he mentioned it to somebody else that he's uh, he's probably going to be all right for Wednesday night. So who does he come in for? Well, Dixon. Dixon. Yeah, Dixon. Top scored. Top scored. Well, yeah, yeah. he's not a natural T Twenty batsman. In all honesty, he he really isn't. You know, whereas Tom Banton has been a revelation. Yeah. He's looked twice the player he did last season or the season before. You know, he's back. He's 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 changed his grip a, a little bit. He's he told me that he's not premeditating. He's not deciding to go for a scoop before the ball's even bowled. He's waiting for the ball to come along. And and he's he looks in terrific form. He's timing the ball so well, even on even on difficult wickets. So yeah, sooner we get him back, the better. Yeah, uh, Bounce has been absolutely. And and I also think oh. he ought to be in the side to play Essex next week at Chelmsford. Oh, we'll get onto that in a second, Givo. We will get onto that <laughs> in a second. Uh, anything? I've got, a, I've got a barbecue to see to, so I might, might not be there in a second. So I just wanted to get that in. Oh. Fair dues. All right then, Gibbo. Well, I'll tell you what, to uh, expediate things, uh, unless we've got anything else on the blast. Oh, I know what I was going to mention. I remembered now. Yeah, if you ever have a look at the old Somerset County Cricket Club Facebook group, uh, there was <laughs> there are the usual doom mongers on there. And uh, you know, uh, predictably at halftime, oh, this isn't enough. 
with five overs to go in our innings. Oh, well, let's roll off Adam Irvis, uh, produces one of his specialities. This is going to be another, this is going to be a hide into nothing and all this. And then just the pylon at the end of, end of play was uh, was a joy to behold on this particular pessimist. And uh, a few of his pessimistic mates were put in their place. So more optimism, please, Somerset fans. Right, Chelmsford then on, uh, where is it now? This is where the schedule goes all funny. because they Sunday. Insist, on Sunday, they insist on uh, shoving these random Champo games in the middle of the blast. Uh, I presume you're there, Gibbo. Is your is our best friend going to be there? Our unofficial yeah. nemesis? Yeah, I'll be there. I'm sure Don Topley will be there. And I'm sure Tractor will be there as well and his, mate, and his mates. And yeah. I'm sure we'll all meet up for a couple of pints in decent real L pub in, in Chelmsford on the uh, cover the T20 tractor that's a bit disappointing but uh, fantastic so I mean you've already said that you're going to have Banton in for, for Sunday uh, which other 10 are you picking oh cranky uh, <laughs> um, cast your well, mind have... back to the last championship game Middlesex at Lords <laughs> George Bartlett got 100 it, yes yeah and uh, George Bartlett um TKC, obviously, Tom Abel. Steve uh, Davis is the question, I suppose. Would you, you bring in Banton yeah, in for Steve I'd Davis? I'd bring Banton in for Steve Davis. That would be the obvious thing to do, wouldn't it? And and for the rest, no change. Well, you're going to have to make one change. Well, Jack Leach, did he play at Lords? I can't remember. He did play at Lords, but uh, yeah, news broke yesterday that uh, poor old oh, Jack both. has got a stress fracture of the lower back, which has uh, ruled him out for the Ashes, which is... Yeah, uh, no, it's very bitterly sad. disappointing for uh, for poor old Jack. He uh, just his career's getting going. He's building momentum in that England team, and then uh, and this happens. It's an unusual injury for a, a spin bowler as well. A stress fracture of the lower back. You normally associate that with the uh, with the quick bowlers. I'm struggling yeah, to remember absolutely. our side from Lords now. Here are our bowlers: Gregory Overton, Henry Siddle, and Leach. Yeah, so it's just Leach we need to find a replacement for. Well, presumably the young off-spinner would be the... Um... Bashir. Sure, Bashir. So the yeah. the, um, the uh, Somerset uh, Chief Executive, Mr Collins, very generously treated Who? me to... Treated Gordon Hollins, treated me you to... Uh, Collins. Uh, Come on, is that, that's a black mark, Pete. <laughs> Did I say Collins? You said Collins. Gordon Collins. Gordon Who's Collins. <laughs> is he a tribute act? Is, it, is, is he the one that does, does the... Uh, oh. All the He's, members' forums, or the real Gordon Holland sits in his conservatory drinking Chardonnay. Yeah, yeah. Is that what? That's right. Yeah, he's this mystery guy who pulls the strings behind the. Uh... Anyway, someone called Gordon treated me to an ice cream at Taunton Dean on Saturday afternoon after the FA Cup final, and we watched um, uh, Bashir uh, turn his arm over uh, there. Looked uh, very. Uh, uh, interesting prospect, bit sort of Roger Harper esque, I would say. Very sort of tall, upright um, um, delivery uh, action. Uh, that that would be great, wouldn't it? Uh, get get him in the side. Probably do need a spinner at Chelmsford, at least one actually. Well, yeah, they might mm. play two. Yeah. In which case, goals goalsworthy or um, Rodolf. Yeah, that could be the shout. So, have you? Uh... I, I, should, I should have pre-warned you that we would do all, all do our selections, so I kind of left you till last to, uh, yeah, you, uh, you to have a think. To be fair, I didn't even know that they were going back into Champo next week, so um, yeah, that's a bit of a surprise to me. Um, yeah, I would definitely, well, definitely say that you definitely need one, if not two, spinners at Chelmsford, having played there 
myself as well obviously not in four day format but yeah um i would definitely try and get um maybe two spinners into the side and um yeah it'd be interesting to see if if banton does play in that champo side like gibbo wants gibbo does want and goldsworthy um, yeah, what I about the other opening position? Because now Dixon's in a in a bit of nick. Is this one of the Cookerborough games? I know no. not Steph. No, they're in July. Uh, the Knots one definitely is. That starts the end of June or twenty fifth of uh, yeah twenty fifth of June. That one starts. That's definitely one of them. But this one is a is a a Duke's ball game. I don't suppose it makes much difference really. It's it. It doesn't normally seem too much at Chubster. So I'm bringing Dixon back in uh, to open with Lamanby. Um He seems to have got his levers working now. Got a few runs the other night. We get runs in the in the second 11-T20. I know it's a different format, but yeah, runs is runs. Um, and then with the bowling. Yeah, you see you've got, we'll see your seamers, Gregory Open, Henry Siddle, Davies obviously in contention. Is Jack Brooks back off loan yet before he goes off on another loan? I don't know, but he's probably not entirely content. And then, where do you play one or two spinners? Roll off and Bashir, or do you try and stick Goldsworthy in there? It's probably the most difficult um, selection problem that they've had uh, this I'd season. I just, I just have, I'd have Tom Banson for Stephen Davis and Bashir for um, Jack Leach, and leave the rest as they are. And keeping it simple. Yeah. Yeah, because to play two spinners, you'd have to leave out one of Gregory over and Henry or Siddle. Yeah, which is, well, I mean, which one of those do you leave out? It's well, you it's can't leave out Lewis Gregory. So important in the batting as uh, as well. Craig Overton leads the attack. No, I, I mean George Bartlett, as you say, got a Gibbo's frozen. I'm sure he's going to say George Bartlett got a hundred at Lords. Yeah, I was. Runs. You were, yeah. Yeah. So, so um, you're frozen again. I'm going. He's Banton, B, Abel, Bartlett, TKC, Rue, Gregory. If you work for BT Openreach, can you pop over to Langport and just have a look at whatever junction boxes <laughs> outside uh, Gibbo Towers? It seems to be a bit flaky at the moment. Oh, you're back with us, Gibbo. No, you're not. No, he's not. Ah, oh, fair dues. Yeah, uh, I mean, really tricky. I'm not. I, I don't think I can commit really. I think I might um, uh, have uh, Dixon instead of Banton. Um, no. Having having spent um, all that time, Anthony, watching who was it that really boring Essex opening batter score hundreds there. Last year, it's the sort of pitch Nick where Nick, Nick Brown. Brown. Yeah, once you get in, um, you can you can bat forever. And I think Dixon's got that in him. And and Banton can keep keep his uh, mind and his kind of skills completely focused on being a T Twenty star. But, yeah, but if, you know, if, if, if we really went the play, other way, he wants to play red ball cricket. And if we don't give him the chance to play red ball cricket, he isn't going to hang around. He's got plenty of offers on, on the table. And I think we either use Tom Banton or we lose him. And and his form this season, for my, for my money, means that we blooming well ought to try and keep him if we possibly can. Whereas well, Sean Dixon, be... yeah, he's, a, he's a very good second division batsman. 
Whereas Tom Banton is a real talent. Tom Banton did score 100 last time he was at Chelmsford. Indeed. Uh, I wouldn't be disappointed. Which was the last was championship game he played. Sure. Yeah. Despite not being selected. Yeah, I mean, I th- we've said it before, they really made a rod for their own backs by um, signing TKC and Dixon and just making that that list of batters in the squad just so congested that you, you can't get them all in and you can't rest and rotate them like you can with the boulders. So it's nice problem to have, though. Um, right, anything more on the the championship preview? He's on. He's on next week. He, we we invited him on. We've negotiated. So, uh, <clears throat> yeah. Oh, John uh, Topley. Yeah, yeah, ne- yeah. yeah. So our oh, next, he's on next. With all the um, shenanigans that are going on with the championship starting on funny days and and T twenties, um, and obviously, uh, yeah, Somerset have got. Uh, well, yeah. So it's Hampshire away at the Aegeus Bowl this Wednesday. Gloucester. Uh, up at Neville Road on Friday. Then they've got uh, Essex in the Championship, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th. Then they've got South Devon on the 15th for the Maxwell Testimonial game down at uh, South Devon. Please do come along for that. Details on www.southdevoncc.co.uk. And then Surrey at home in the blast on uh, the Friday after that. So pretty congested for the the Somerset boys over the next uh, few uh, few days or so. Right, shall we uh, pop on to listeners' questions then? Gibbo's gone to sort his sausage out. And where are we? Let's find the listeners' questions on Twitter notifications. This is me stalling for time. Rightio, starting from the top then. Uh, Oh, we had a comment to... um, Where was it? To give some love to uh, Ben Warren and the live stream team. Uh, And that was from... Where's it gone? Tim Eaton. I presume Tim hasn't listened to the, the podcast. He's a new follower on Twitter. So um, we do give a lot of love to, to Ben and all the live stream team uh, uh, on the podcast. But uh, yeah, if it needs saying again, uh, thank you, Ben. Uh, and to everyone who uh, obviously helps behind the scenes of the live stream and all the fantastic commentators as well. So, oh, Thank you very much. <laughs> Next one then. Uh, John Hayes uh, writes: Is this the best men's T Twenty side we have ever had? Who would you replace? Who would you replace whom? Um, probably have Chris Gale in for somebody. I think he did all right. Uh, Alfonso Thomas will probably sneak in as well. Um, yeah, Keys Wetter was useful. Yeah. I mean, I su- I suppose there's two ways of looking at this. Is you could go back through the annals of time and and put your best man for man Somerset eleven together, or you could look at every single team that Somerset has ever put out and think, right, where does this team rank in the uh, the list of every single team that Somerset has, has put out? And you know, I think it's got to be up there. I mean, what was the team that won in two thousand and five? Uh, Trez was away with most of the Ashes. Graham Smith. Uh, the 2005 T20 winning side, Gibbo. We're just trying to name it all. So you had Smith, Triscothic, oh, Hildy was Hildy. in there. Um, Cameron White. Yeah, Cameron White, Caddick, KP, Blackie. Uh, Graham Smith. Yeah, he was in there. Um, that one, the year Jai Saria played, was it? That was, was that. A, 
I, I would have said the uh, 2010 side was was arguably, you know, with with Pollard and Triscothic and and Keysvetter and uh, Alfie Thomas to bowl. Um, I thought that you know the the side that that lost that shouldn't have lost the Aegeus Bowl or the Rose Bowl as it as oh, it the was then. Oh, don't mention it. <laughs> the runner and the run out. Yeah. Well, we had it was such bad because I mean, Karen Pollard got hit in the in the in the face trying to take a catch, and um, had to and Brian Rose took him off to hospital, uh, and uh, had Brian been there. He told me he knew the rules and and he would have said to Triscothic, take the blooming bales off because you'll you'll run him out, run Dan Christian out. He'd have needed to have quite a loud voice, Gibbo, to be heard amongst the din of two <laughs> well, finals. I know, I'm only, re- I'm only <laughs> repeating what Brian told me. Was, but well, they were they were a tremendous side. I mean, you you, you got Hildreth and and Trigo and, and all the rest of them, and you know they had they had power in every department. But uh, you know, I think I think this side is certainly up there with them. What what we what we lack is the big overseas star batsman. You know, Kyron Pollard then and Chris Gale uh, a little bit uh, later on. I mean, so, you know, when Chris Gale was playing for us, we were we were pretty good. But the bowling wasn't nearly as good then as it is now. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you remember that game against Peter, will remember it. The game against Kent down at Taunton when Chris Gale got 150 yeah, and we lost, lost. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I think you know this this side is definitely up there there's there's no obvious weakness and and Roloff I know he's your you know he's he's your hero but he is just tremendous he has been so you know he came on you know last night and you know he was he was in there and that was a phenomenal. Thought... We were sat on, on uh, we sat for a bit on on uh, Gimlet Hill and he was sort of fielding uh, down at either five leg or long arm in front of us. Oh, that was a great what view. A of that. that was brilliant. Oh, fantastic! You know, he's he's one of those fielders that you know when, when you commentate, you you look up and you see where the ball's going. And you look at look at who's underneath it, and you think either yes, he's going to catch it, or Ooh, not quite sure about this. And that was and roll off is one in the. Very one, you know, anything anywhere near Roller Fandemurve, he's going to catch. Well, there was one that um, I think it was Pepper scooped off off Craig. Well, somebody scooped one off somebody. I'm not quite sure who it was, and it was obvious that it was going over the rope into the Triscothic lower. But still, Roloff, he was sprinting there and he was giving it a yeah, big yeah. dive, like you know, just uh, one, right, yeah. half a percent chance that I might get it, and he's still going for it. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. why he's the best player in the world, and that's why we love him. But yeah, just sitting like. Sort of watching him down at finding his little mannerisms. He's like, yeah, all this sort of thing. He's like, he's in the he game stands, wherever the ball's gone. He stands at an angle mm. when he's feeling a short, short, fine leg. He's, he's, you know, he's, he's standing as if he's facing um, deep point on the other side of the other side of the ground. Quite what that's about. I do not know. Is it, you get, is it like a bit like a sprinter's start? I don't know. That no, they're not really slightly <laughs> side know. on, are they? But oh, anyway, Rodolf I, I think his... them do that. I think Abel does it as well. Uh, noticed that the other night, Abel on the boundary is like in a set position. I think it just make, makes them more explosive if they do need to either like move laterally or up and down as well. Like you can obviously get more power from being in that sort of position and, and be able to judge things better as well. So yeah, they something they're about... obviously working on at Somerset. It seems to be working because they seem to be catching more more balls than than not at the minute. Well, it's phenomenal yeah. the fielding. I suppose it goes back to that thing at the elite level. If you can shave an extra half percent or get gain an extra half percent somewhere, 
it could, it'll end up winning you a game or a, or a title. <laughs> you're supposed to go on mute when you sneeze, Gibbo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it'll just give the you an extra 1% or someone, I suppose they've kind of, <laughs> oh, they're, you know, the innovative, when Trez started kneeling down at slip, just the, the, the wickets were so yeah. low and the catches weren't carrying. I mean, just because something's never been done before, if you look at it and goes, well, well, this should work, why would you not want, you know, if you're just standing kind of lazily on the boundary waiting for the ball to come your way and you go, oh, I better get that now. But if you're standing in that dynamic position, you're like a tennis player waiting to return serve or a goalkeeper at a penalty shootout, you're ready to go. You shave 0.5 of a second off your reaction time, then it's got to be worth doing. You ever tried that in a village game, Pete? <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk to me about playing the game of cricket. <laughs> I thought that catch that Smead took at backward point was amazing. Yeah, as that well, was a, wasn't that it? Because Das has scored a lot of runs for Essex, and he could have been dangerous. And that that was just another tremendous piece of fielding. Yeah, their catching and out, out cricket has just been absolutely superb. I mean, going back to that sort of that dynamic position uh, on the boundary. If I'm fielding on the boundary, I'm normally you know I'd really have to get off the bench nearby first before I go <laughs> chase the ball. So. Right, uh, I don't like cricket. I love it. At Lord Lupin has uh, done leech, and I think that's a kind of a sad face. The future? Um, question marks. So I'm not quite sure what you mean there, uh, Lord Lupin. But obviously, yeah, um, really terrible news. Uh, uh, news for Jack about that stress fracture in his back. Uh, Andy Cleave writes: Is Tom Banting going to be fit for Hampshire Wednesday? Yes, Andy, probably is. Uh, unlucky one to miss out. Uh, probably Dixon. Uh, he thought Lammers looked good opening today and played some strong shots down the ground. He did. Is uh, a lovely on drive. He played, I think, the first over. Best T20 bowling attack we've ever had. I think we'll be in agreement with that. Um, uh, Andy goes on. Uh, Will Smead discuss. Should we be concerned? We have covered that. E&M. Who's the spinner at Chelmsford in the championship next week? Um, one thing I've said on the podcast before is I would play Bashir as a second spinner to Leach over Van der Merwe, but I'd be concerned about playing him as the sole spinner this early on in his career. But I guess with the, the whole basketball side of things, you just if you think the guy's right, you think his temperament's right, you just shove him in and let him get on with it. Well, as Sophie said, you do need a spinner, a real spinner at Chelmsford. You know, they'll... Oh, Gibbo, can you sort your Wi-Fi out? <laughs> Sorry. Ah, oh, he's back now. Yeah, yeah, sorry. I was just going to say, you really do need a, a, a proper spinner at Chelmsford because it, it will be a, a Simon Harmer pitch. You know, no, no doubt about that uh, at all. And Roller van der Merve, wonderful cricketer though he is, doesn't really spin it. You know, he, he fires it in. He spun that one that got Pepper last night. Yeah. He did. And he's, you know, he's. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't mm. be all bothered if they, if they chose I, I, the I, I do take, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't be disappointed either way. But I, I take your point that he is, you know, he's a obviously a better white ball spinner than he's sort of had very limited opportunities in the in the championship game. Uh, da, 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 right, uh, Matthew Lappin, advanced fifth Wednesday. Uh, I think we've answered all of yours, Matthew. Uh, Richard Freeman, likewise. Uh, Ian Taylor Rollins, everybody send Jack Leach a like tonight, uh, definitely. Uh, Chris Payne. Um, bu, 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 bu. No, that was more of a comment. Ah, this is this is my one worry that Chris Payne has highlighted. Commentators often talk about peaking at the right time. Could we be the team that does a Surrey of last year and look invincible for most of the group stages and then lose at the business end? Or am I being too pessimistic? You're a Somerset <laughs> fan, Chris. You cannot be pessimistic. 
But it is just sat there at the back of the mind, isn't it? That are we peaking too soon? You just can't adopt a strategy of choosing to lose the first four games because that's how actual it last year, though, can you? I mean, we'd rather be where we are. I I know what they mean. And as a Somerset fan, I can't help feeling that a little bit. Having said that, where would you rather be in the table? Um, Surely it's it's where we are. So... um, there is something about momentum, isn't there? And as Sophie said earlier, winning's a habit, isn't it? And keeping that. Yeah, I going. mean, if, if we'd lost, you know, three or four of our uh, opening blast games, there's no way we would have won that game last night. I don't think, in my no. opinion. But just that belief. I mean, in the fans as well. I was sat there at halftime thinking, well, 150—that is something to bowl at. It's not like a, you know, an 80 or a 90 where you think, oh god, we got no chance here. You've got world-class bowling attack. The opposition still got to get it. it still runs on the board bit of pressure pick up some early wickets and we're right in the game and, that, and that's what happened but I agree with your point Pete yeah you wouldn't want to go up to chuck your first four games just so you're peaking at the right time you want to peak at the start the middle and the end uh, Neil B says bucket hats yes or no I think the England team were wearing some fine bucket hats up at the test match not on the pitch but uh, in all the post match um, are you a bucket hat fan Gibbo I don't think I've ever possessed one. <laughs> well, if Pip Cider from Hereford have some bucket hats, can you send some? A, pan- a Panama on? hat is rather more my style, you know. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, so, if you're the youngest uh, here, a bucket hat's in. I, I've got no, no they, idea. They definitely are in, but I can't say I'm getting on board with that now. Well, uh, James Rue was wearing a rather fancy bucket hat. I uh, saw him in the crowd on uh, Sunday night after the Glamorgan game. So, um, bucket hats all the way then, if we're going to be down with the kids. Uh, right, uh, Geraint Jones, uh, not that one, has all uh, asked, uh, where is this current side ranking all-time Somerset C20? Done that. Uh, Chris Payne uh, saw on Twitter someone suggesting Sophie Eccleston as a replacement fleet, and if not necessarily now, does Sophie Love think a female player could be seen as good enough to play internationally for the men's team in the future? Big old hypothetical. Uh, I think the closest I can remember is Sarah Taylor kept for Sussex Twos a few years back. Yeah, I think um, you're right. Then. Um. Yeah, I, I don't see that happening. But I tell you what, if there was one cricketer that you would probably pick um, to be able to do it, it, it could well be Eccleston. I know the other week she was bowling at Lancashire Men um, in preparation for their championship stuff, I think, and obviously in preparation for her Ashes summer coming up. Um, yeah, she's a she's a fine bowler and, and actually probably someone that does bowl more towards the pace of, of, of men's cricket anyway. Um, but yeah, I don't think we'll be seeing that... Um, that too soon. Is that something? I mean, I mean, sort of going back a few a few years now, before sort of most clubs had their own ladies section. It was, it was certainly when I was growing up in the in the nineties, girls coming through were, were very much sort of uh, the exception rather than the rule. And generally, most girls made their sort of senior debuts for for the men's team. I mean, is 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 that something that's sort of still going on now? Is is women's cricket so much more? Um, popular and widespread amongst clubs that now sort of sort of 14 15 year old girls are missing out the play for the third and fourth club sides and sort of going straight into the the women's hardball sides yeah i think it's probably a mixed bag to be fair i think there's probably some that are still wanting to play men's cricket and still do i know a lot of the 
the Somerset girls that I play with, um, you know, that aren't involved at regional domestic level. Um, Lorraine Skopansky would be a great example. Georgia Tulip, they're regularly playing uh, men's cricket on a Saturday and they absolutely love it. And that's where they get, you know, good quality cricket. I don't think women's club cricket in the county in the county at the minute is at the level that that those girls want to be playing at so yeah for them to be playing at western and north parrot respectively i think that's great for their development and obviously helps them when they come into the county setup as well i mean it would be great if you know just i mean for the, well it looks like we're going to be struggling for players for the uh, the rural london one day cup sorry they always look on the bright side of life one day cup side so you know you never know <laughs> We talked about getting Peter Trigo out of retirement and stranger things had happened than that. Um, which leads us nicely into the question from Blackstone Photo, who has said, uh, can you honestly figure out a side for the RLODC this year? It's not called that. Uh, the T20 side is so strong, I honestly think they will all get hoovered up by the competition, the other competition, leaving us with who? Exactly. What did we say Quite. earlier? Nine out of ten? No, eight out of ten. Josh Davey possibly being the only non kidnappy by the other competition we'll be bringing in players from Gloucestershire again oh god I forgot about that what was he called <laughs> he George something. George something oh. yeah god I forgot about that that was a low point that was a low point well we've got a lot of Ruse and a lot of Thomases yeah um, so that's about half the side and then Bartlett Davis Ogbourne Leonard. Yeah. Uh, be nice if Sonny Baker was fit again. I'm not sure the timeline for his recovery, but yeah, that would be that'd be a real boost. Yeah, but he he'll go off the hundred if he is fit. Oh as well. yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> he did last year. <laughs> Sophie's there going. You do realise I actually play in the hundred and did for the last two years, don't you? Sorry, so we should Oh no! Should we talk about London Spirit for a bit? That so uh, that your London Spirit this year? You captain this year again? No, no, no. no. Didn't captain at Spirit last year. Okay. Um, that was only in the first year at Welsh Fire. So yeah, but back at Spirit, got drafted there. Um, well, probably a couple of months ago now. So yeah, um, looking forward to being back at Lords. But it's not as nice as Taunton, is it? Let's be honest. It's not. No, <laughs> but it's a pretty special place to play. It is. And for one month of the year it's not a bad place to to go and train and play at that's for sure yeah a, good, a nice little uh, home away from home uh, in the city so I mean we obviously have a you know we do have a little pop at the 100 every now and again on this podcast probably once every 10 or 15 minutes because uh, they kidnap all our players but but for the women's game it's been it's just been incredible getting it out there on uh, on the BBC and, and uh, you know all the double headers with the men's and just getting it publicised it's just been a real a real boost for the popularity of the women's game yeah I think it's been a huge success for the, the women's game I, I would question the men's side of things um, you know as a, as a player involved in the competition I can't even keep up with the amount of players that come in and out of that competition throughout it you know you'll have an overseas player for three games and then you know the next week you've got three different guys in and then a couple of injuries and then you know who knows who you've got in your side um yeah it's been a great platform for us as female athletes um you know we're accessible we're visible now and that's brilliant um i would just want to say like the last couple of weeks we've played some double headers in the regional domestic um stuff with western storm at 
Taunton, Bristol yesterday, and then we're playing a double header at Cardiff on Wednesday as well. And those things work brilliantly as well for us. I, I really hope that the men's county sides enjoy having us as part of the day as well. I, I mentioned yesterday we had a, a joint signing session with Gloucester after the game, which was just a brilliant opportunity for young children to you know get access to the pros and and have a little bit of time with them and see men and women both on the on the same stage I think that's really important and I think there can be more of that across across the region and yeah um, I obviously love playing at Taunton but it's great for us to to get across to Glamorgan and Gloucester to make sure we're promoting the game uh, especially the female game uh, across the region like I said. I didn't realise anybody went to watch cricket in Wales, but uh, I'll have to, t- to take your word for it. Yeah, you I don't. mean, uh, I'll give out. Yeah, I mean, it would well, be if, to see. You ever, have you ever been to Sapphire Gardens for a county championship match? Yes. It's just dead, completely <laughs> dead. It's just awful. But yeah, but it would be nice. I'd just like to see a if we, you know, if we, we've got the hundred, and it's not going to go away just yet. So why don't we have a you know Somerset Gloucestershire side in the in the hundred you know based playing alternate games at Taunton home games at Taunton and Bristol, I think you know that that would be a real really good step forward. Or we have a side based in Taunton and a side based in Bristol and a side based in Cardiff and one in uh, Southampton and probably two in London I'd say probably one in Canterbury well, one in Chelmsford. I did preface. I did preface that suggestion with with the caveat that you know the hundred is going to be with us until twenty twenty eight, whether we like it or not. So we might as well make the most of it. Yeah. Well, let's count down, counting down the days. I mean, just go back to, to the women's hundred. I think going back to the old KSL days, those sort of eight franchise, they, they, that was bubbling up nicely. I think. And then the hundreds obviously come in and. and and sort of taken over there but um love the KSL as a competition that again you had the double headers with a men's game there so I think it's just the 100 is just the vehicle that's promoted women's sport uh women's cricket and I think you know whatever vehicle you're doing using to do that be it you know KSL or 100 or or whichever route you go down is uh you know it's a good thing and uh long may it yeah. continue just to get rid of On which company. note, I'm going to love you and leave you because my barbecue is now cooked. And I'm... oh, what have you got, Gibbo? I've, I've got lamb chops, I reckon. Is it a full-on mixed grill oh, like got, you had last week? It's, it's all. We got some nice prawns and, and oh, prawns, um, marinated pork and chicken, and a um, couple of Westerways sausages with the, um, the honey roasted spon- Westerways. <laughs> are you being sponsored, Gibbo? Pip side Westerways sausages. In- they're made in Newton Abbott. They are next to the rugby ground. <laughs> yeah. On uh, on the industrial estate. I know it My well. My favourite sausages. I know it well. Yeah, when you've got uh, when they kick for touch, they always have to go into uh, Westerway's car park to get the ball back. There you are. Yeah. There you are. Right. So, I'm going to love you leave you. Always a See pleasure, Gibbo. Safe uh, safe Cheers. trip round the southeast, uh, not the south well, the southeast on uh, on uh, Wednesday and then up to Neville Road on Friday and then off to Chelmsford. On Sunday. On Sunday. Well, Saturday. <laughs> Cheers. Cheers, Gibbo. Catch up with you later. Uh, right, quest, uh, a couple of questions from Scott Wilson and Mark Long about whether we allowed Roloff to go to the World Cup qualifiers. Uh, I've no idea about that. Uh, and Scott Wilson asked the same about Josh Davey. I don't know, to be honest. Well, even even the president doesn't get access to the players' contracts, but it's oh, wonderful bloody hell, that... 
it's wonderful that they're both, uh, for whatever reason, um, in our squad for the blast. Definitely. Uh, uh, I don't like cricket. I love it, as uh, Lord Liebman has said. Uh, okay, uh, Sophie Love for England role, question mark. If not, why not? Well, Pete, should we just be incredibly rude to Sophie and talk about her in the third person as her international prospects? Or, uh, <laughs> uh, I mean, is it probably fair to say that that ship sailed a bit now, Soph? Yeah, I think so. Um, yeah, never say never, but I'm obviously, um, yeah, sort of at the the top end of my career. I, f- I feel like I'm in I'm in good touch, but um, yeah, I think there's a, a lot of younger players coming through now that they want to look at and. Yeah, I guess the word potential has always um, been a word that's frustrated me um, over recent years where I felt like I've been pretty close and they've always chosen to go with someone younger and with potentially more potential. Um, But yeah, um, I'm just enjoying my cricket playing for Western Storm and, you know, hopefully we can win some silverware over the next couple of years and um, loving being around we've got got a really young group but there's so much energy and enthusiasm and to be fair that keeps me young as well and um yeah hopefully we can give it a good crack in the next couple of years absolutely and best of luck uh, to you as well right final question tonight then oh, da, 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 da. jacob lund you can have the last word then who and this is this we could probably do half an hour on this who should replace jack leach in the england squad mo and ali if you are to believe uh, the press yeah i saw that today um, but it it kind of looks to that wider point of there really isn't anybody. Matt Parkinson is can't even get a game for Lancashire. Um, and you, you know you got the likes of what a couple of people sort of said. Tom Hartley is a bit of a, a left field suggestion. You also got Will Jacks at, at Surrey. Uh, Rian Ahmed, obviously, I suppose is kind of the incumbent second spinner, having played in Pakistan. I, I reckon. I think. I think they will go for Moeen because of the experience. Uh, whoever it is, the Aussies are really going to go after, aren't they? They're going to yeah. go after Jack, and he's a better spinner than than all of them. So it's a real problem for the um, for the squad selection, and it must be. You know, there must be words being eaten on both sides of all of that in terms of when Moeen hasn't hasn't made himself available, but. And feel like they probably need and want his experience, and he's a big uh, character, and will know quite a lot of the others. So, so long as that works in terms of the team dynamic around the, the dressing room, I would think that's more likely than um, bringing in a sort of left field, brand new spinner. But you know, who knows? No one was talking about Josh Tong, were they? Um, no, nope. fortnight ago. Yeah, I mean, what so for me, what sort of message would it say to any spinners in county cricket when you, you know, you're dragging a guy out of retirement to play and uh, ahead of you? Yeah, and also someone that hasn't played Red Bull cricket, <laughs> however long as well. Obviously, just come back from the IPL and then into Blast for Warwickshire. Um, yeah, it's really interesting, and I, I sort of thought, oh, like you know, why haven't England had another spinner around? Really, um, you know, just in case this happened. Obviously, they had um, Ryan Ahmed around, but he's so young and so new. Um, you know, it would be a lot of pressure on a on a young lad to to go into that Ashes series. So. Yeah, I mean, England have been making some pretty bold and brave decisions in the way that they're playing cricket of late, so I wouldn't be surprised if Moeen uh, does make an appearance. Well, they made the point on, on TMS that if England go in with that 
four-man attack of you know one of Anderson or Broad and maybe Robinson and maybe a Wood with Leach as, as the fourth specialist bowler it, the, all the Aussies have got to do is get after Leach hit him out the attack then you've got Ben Stokes bowling with his dodgy knee and then you're asking Broad and Wood to bowl those extra overs so I mean who thought you know this time last year when or you know this time 18 months ago when Jack was kind of in that wilderness under Root and Silverwood that he would just have been advanced to this position of being such a a key man in that attack which he fully deserves because he's a fantastic bowler and we wish you the best of luck in your recovery Jack speedy recovery to you Jack if you're listening um, I think we're done we've exhausted our listeners questions we started half an hour late because of you Pete so now I need to I'm, I'm going to get an extra earful off, uh, off of my wife for, for staying out in the roll off fandom of a pavilion even later than normal uh, so it's been a pleasure having you on. If you ever want to pop on again, uh, just uh, just let me know. We can give you give you Pete's spot because he's going to be uh, back to work in the next uh, next week or so, and, <laughs> and not able to travel the country uh, watching his beloved Somerset. Is that how far are you from retirement, Pete, or is that not even on the cards uh, yet? Uh, <laughs> this is where Pete tells me he's only forty seven, and I've grossly insulted him. Yesterday was my. Uh... No, Saturday was my 10-year anniversary at the NSPCC. So, uh, yeah, probably halfway through my time there. No, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm getting used to watching lots of cricket, though, and uh, this week should be good as well. So I'm, I'm going to be at Southampton and at Bristol um, and at Chelmsford on the Sunday. And then, yeah, back to work on Monday. Oh, I bet it's like going to be going back to work after the summer holidays, Pete, when you're back <laughs> yeah. to school after the summer holidays. You think, oh, those six weeks will never end. And then before you know it, you're in the, in the department store with your mum getting measured for some new trousers. Right. It'll be fine. AOB, anyone? All good. No. All right. Thanks, Soph. Uh, thanks, Pete. I'm sure Gibbo's on about his eighth sausage by now uh, over in Langport. Uh, thanks for listening. And we'll catch up with you uh, next Saturday. Saturday the 17th uh, will be our next episode. Good night.